I guess the first one is let's start let's start with your experience with Rhonda. Um, what was your experience with her on the on the team? Is she was she known as the the hardest worker or the best at one particular aspect? Like, what was the general impression that you had of of Rhonda when you uh, were on the Olympic team with her? Well, I, I I've known Rhonda. You know, the the, the chronological timeline is, is kind of longitudinal. On the Olympic team, when I Rhonda was sixteen years old. Oh right, right, yes. Um, she was she was very young. I remember meeting Rhonda's mom and speaking with her before I actually met with with Rhonda because she was just so young. I was first introduced to Rhonda at fourteen, fifteen years old. I had never seen anybody that young actually just demolish demolish adult women. Okay, um, it, it was it was it was spectacular the way that she would handle people on the mat and handle people in terms of Nawaza and the mat work and submissions. I, I walked up to her and I told her that she was my Nawaza hero. Um, I, I've never seen anybody like that. Now, during the Olympic team, um, the time we were on the Olympic team, Rhonda was very quiet, very shy, very reserved. I kind of felt bad for her. I remember staying back um, in the... Uh, just in the in the dormitory facility for a little while, for a couple hours, one you know, one afternoon and one evening, because everybody left. Everybody left because she couldn't go out. She couldn't go out. She couldn't drink. She couldn't party. She couldn't do any of that. I kind of felt bad for her. I think her first Olympic experience, I think it sucked. I mean, outside of you know competing and walking around the track and doing the opening ceremonies at 16 years old is kind of tough when everybody everybody on the team was. You're talking eight to ten years her senior, at the minimum. But I mean, um, from a technical standpoint, when you watched her, like from a judo perspective, if, for some of the for those of us who don't know, what is remarkable about Ronda Rousey's judo? Like, if you had to, if you had me, to, if you had to explain what's special about it, what would you say? Let me tell you what I had. A, I had another client um, that was training alongside Ronda. And he was like, man, I don't get it. I don't get it. I said, wait, wait, what don't you get? He said, I don't get how she's winning like that. I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, if you don't get it, I said, then you're missing something. He said, man, she's not more technically advanced than I am. And she's not. I said, no, she's not. I said, but you're missing what it is. I said, go back. I said, man, I had a client. We, his job was to study Rhonda at practice, okay? He came back like three or four days later. He said, I got it. I said, what is it? He said, she actually thinks and believes that she's supposed to win. I said, exactly. Bro, when you hear Ronda Rousey talk about beating Kane, Velasquez, and all that stuff, and lining up against heavyweights, understand that I'm telling you that I don't believe it can happen, okay? But in her mind... She believes that shit. That's not, that's not any marketing. She believes it. And I, I believe that all elite athletes of everybody who exists at the right of the bell curve in some form of capacity in terms of um, expertise, they're a little bit off in some form of fashion. Okay? Now, Ronda Rousey, is that good? Because she does not believe that anybody is ever supposed to be there. I remember, the, I remember Ronda, after the Olympics, Ronda... Rhonda's mom called me because Rhonda was coming in town in Florida, and she had a tournament down there. She wanted her to, to stay by, like, stay by my home, 
because we had a home in Boca at the time, and then they'd take her to the weigh-ins, and then take her to the tournament, et cetera. And we had a training session where we were rolling around on the mat, or just in the was. I think I, I, was a, I was a black belt at the time in jiu-jitsu. Rhonda began to cry. I said, I said, what are you crying about? She said, well, I can't do anything. I said, Rhonda. I said, oh, I'm a 100-kilogram male. She said, yeah, but I just don't feel like you're supposed to beat me. <laughs> Is that right? And, and she was, and, no, listen, listen. It was to the point where I got a little, I mean, I've known her for a while, but I got a little upset because I was like, well, hell, what is she saying about me? Is she, is she disrespecting me and my, you know, my expertise? And no, she's not. She does not believe that she's supposed to lose. And, buddy, let me tell you something. I have coached a lot of athletes. I've been on the mat with a lot of athletes. I've seen people pack it up, and I've seen people pack it in, and I've seen people try to act like they're going hard and still pack it in. I have never, and I mean ever, seen Rhonda pack it in, ever. I've watched her cry. I've watched her break down. I see, Listen, she will cry almost every practice, but she will not stop, buddy. That pace at which she fights, she's willing to fight that pace for 25 minutes. Okay. Look back at the Misha fight. She does not stop. It, she, she's different. She, she, she's, she's different, and most people, they, most people in MMA, we don't get those people at the right of the bell curve like that, Luke. We don't. You're talking about, at the, you're talking about the right of the bell curve. There are Olympians in that. So you, you okay. actually, you know, you act, let me set this up because you mentioned this to me yesterday. You had said that, you know, we know she got a bronze medal, which is obviously a major achievement, but she quit judo after that and then went into MMA. And, and you had suggested had she stayed in judo and, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a hypothetical world, you believe she could have gold medaled. Is that right? Yes, I, I believe you can gold medal, but the thing about the gold medal is there's happenstance and chance that, that's also included in winning a gold medal. A lot of people like to believe, the people who don't really study um, performance and they don't really study, um, they don't really, they don't, they don't really, you, 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 have to, you have to study performance, you have to study competition, and you have to know, you have to know your stats, you have to know the things that go on in terms of, in terms of luck and chance and draws that go on with, Olympic competition and survivor bias and things of that particular nature. Sometimes winning a gold medal is just, it's just luck. A lot of people don't, don't really believe what I'm getting ready to say is true. The gold medalists, they didn't work any harder than the fifth place person. A lot of people say, well, that person got gold medal because they worked harder. No, that doesn't mean that. There's somebody who probably worked harder than the gold medalists who got seventh place because that shit happens. Oh. There was no reason for Rhonda to go back through another Olympic cycle because monetarily it wasn't going to provide her with the recompense that making a switch over to mixed martial arts would. So at the time of her trajectory, when she was getting ready to be at her peak, which is right now, 28, 29, now she's doing MMA instead of doing judo. Unlike Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier went to his, he went to his maximum capacity in the sport, and then when he could no longer function at that high level in the sport, moved over into mixed martial arts. 
I see. So you think, you, you think you think athletically Ronda is peaking? Oh my gosh! Yeah, she's twenty eight. Physiologically, she's peaking. Uh, when, when reasonably speaking, how much how many skills can she build at this point? Because we know she works hard. We know she's very athletic. She has a good you know grappling base to build off of. But it's not a question so much of how much better she can get because she's already so good. It's, it's almost a moot point relative to her competitors. But I mean, at this athletic stage in her life, how many real skills can she actually add uh, to her MMA arsenal? Not many. And, and I, I will say that because you prefaced it by, you prefaced it by saying real skills. And real skill development, expertise, is a 10-year thing. So what most people are seeing when they look at Rhonda, they're looking at the, the deliberate practice and the hours and hours that have been spent in deep practice doing judo. And from that deep practice of that particular sport, there are more tentacles of connectivity to the other martial arts. If I put all the martial arts on a, on a board and draw them at circles, they're going to create a, a Venn diagram where there's going to be some crossover for all of them. Case in point, judo has striking in it. it. Most people just are not aware of the striking. But the striking or the atemiwaza in judo is akin to the grip fighting that we do in judo and the way that we move our arms and hands. But the, the movement patterns are the same. That has the same crossover in the Japanese version of Shotokan karate in terms of the Atemi Waza. So when it came time for Rhonda to learn boxing skills, the, the understanding of what we call ma or distance or space in, in judo in terms of, in terms of the Japanese uh, term ma, space, she understands timing, space, hand placement, where to put her hands, how far she needs to be in order to close, how far she needs to be so the person cannot close, how to cut the angles. Like that part that she already understands, that's just a transfer, transference of knowledge into a different realm of expertise, which is boxing. But the practice has been so deep on the judo side that it looks like she's picking up those, quote-unquote, skills faster when it's nothing but a transference of expertise into a different domain. So if someone asked you, uh, from a plain perspective, why is Ronda Rousey so dominant in women's the women's bantamweight division? And we've already talked about the you know this incredible commitment to success and self belief. But from a technical standpoint, what what would you how would you answer that question? Uh, is this, more, she, she's, I, 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 I answer it right now. She's she has practiced more. She has more hours of practice. If you take, I don't, I don't, I don't give a damn what skill it is. Okay, you take every skill. You, you know, you can take everything. Take the strength and take the running, the boxing, the striking, the grappling. Take all of it and put it in a bucket. And you put her bucket on the scale and Misha Tate's bucket on the scale. Misha Tate's bucket is not gonna measure up to Ronda's bucket. She's done more hours of practice. Those. Those young women in there, they, have, they all have a puncher's chance, and that is it. That is it. So you think being the lifelong athlete is the big difference here? Oh, my gosh. That's it. it, it, it it's, no, it's no difference than some 
some journalist major coming out of school and, and trying to write and do what you do professionally. It's, it, 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 it's, a, it's not the same. Like I was, I was talking to a young lady that was at the, at the Olympic Training Center with me, um, Ashley Sower Buster. She was at the Olympic Training Center with me. She said, who in the hell is Misha Tate? She said, I've never seen Misha Tate on the circuit. What, what, what are you talking about her, her expertise in wrestling? She's not an expert in wrestling for shit. And I don't, that's no disrespect to Misha Tate. But come on. You, you talk, I lived at the Olympic Training Center with the world-class women wrestlers at the time and the world-class men, Greco-Roman wrestlers. Like, Misha Tate is of, of no comparison. Sure. But, Ronda Rousey, but, not even close. But athletically, Sarah McMahon is, isn't she? Athletically, Sarah McMahon was supposed to be, but you and I know that she wasn't, and here's why. The pool of athletes available on the women's side in judo is a lot more developed than that pool of athletes that, that was developed on the women's side in wrestling because wrestling was a newer sport. Judo had been around for a while, which meant the, the, the athletic, if I, if I took a physiological profile of the, the, the female athletes in judo, they're going to be at a higher level than the female athletes in wrestling because the sport has been around for a longer period of time. In the year 2000, Sandra Bakker was on the United States Olympic team in 2000. I believe she got fifth at the Olympics. And she was a world champion in wrestling. Because mm -hmm. most of the judo players on the women's side did wrestling in the beginning when that sport was, was starting in terms of the height of its movement. And many of the judo players that, do, that, did, not, that did not make the Olympic team or the national team in judo at that particular time, went over to wrestling too in the earlier 1997, 1998, 1999, 2000. This is, this is what a lot of people don't know. Even some, of your, even some of the United States medalists, okay, from the Olympics and the World Championships, a lot of them are, they are former judo athletes like Clarissa Chun. Right. Well, what about the men's side? How does the men's side in wrestling compare to the men's side in judo? Comparable. It's the same. Internationally, it's the same. Internationally, it's the same. I see. So this the is physiological, a... The, the physiological profile changes per judo, greco, and freestyle based upon the requirements. I, I remember reading some of the research that the, the trunk strength of a greco-roman wrestler is almost at, at the time was greater than that of the the judo player and the freestyle wrestler because it was more all upper body. But that's going to change again with judo because when you take the the leg grabs out, you basically turn judo into Greco-Roman wrestling inside with a gi. So the the physiological profile is going to change some. But when you look at the the VO two max scores, when you look at the the strength sco scores, when you look at the the um the beat test raw data scores elite level wrestling elite level judo the same okay so here here's a question that i think a lot of people have wondered and they would say you know how come on the men's side you've had you know really accomplished judoka let's say um makoto takimoto gold medalist uh john olav Ainamo, i think a gold medalist as well and you know hidehiki yoshida and oyo ogawa all these really accomplished 
uh, judo players on the men's side, and they've had some success, but not nothing like Rousey. Is it just because that the women's MMA game is so underdeveloped that Rousey has this major competitive advantage? I I would say I wouldn't I would not I wouldn't choose that to be the singular variable. I would say that is one variable of many. The other variable is the men's side is developed. The women's side is developed. You have a, you have a better athletic pool coming in. Even if you, even when you have your Mark Coleman's and your wrestlers that come out of wrestling and when they come in, they're just better athletes. They're on the right of that bell curve in terms of athletic development, in terms of, in terms of physio- physiological gifts. All right. And then there is those particular athletes. They are coming into that sport after their career is done. It's very it's very difficult to to build up that type of same fire and um, emotional heightening that you that you get when you're training for the Olympics. It's just, it's just difficult. It's, it's almost impossible. And remember, they're coming over to that sport after they have reached their peak. It's like Daniel Cormier. I, I thought Daniel Cormier had a a great opportunity to beat John John Jones as soon as he got in MMA. But the longer the time went by and the more Jones start developing and the more Cormier is on his decline, he has a tough time. Even Cormier is going to have a, a tougher time as time goes on because he's just going to, he's getting older. So let me ask you this about a hypothetical. No one, I guess, knows the answer, but I'd be curious to get your perspective. Um, you know, Kayla Harrison's just too too big. There's not a lot of women who could compete in her weight class if she ever went over to MMA. But I guess the bigger question is, if more judoka women, let's say A-class international competitors came over, would that revolutionize the women's game? In other words, if you take someone who has, let's say, the same judo skills and has competed at the similar level as Rousey, is that all it takes for women's MMA to change, or is Rousey unique even among that group? I think taking the sample of one already makes that statement true, okay? Like, we, we have one already, and she's revolutionized the sport. I believe if you bring in another one, yes, that, that individual will revolutionize the sport too. The problem is, is that... I, I, I got I to gotta say this carefully, all right? Kayla Harrison is... And all of it go Mellis. Kayla Harrison is very good at judo. Kayla Harrison did not compete under the same rules that Ronda Rousey fought under. So if you take a judo player now and put them in MMA, they don't have the same defense skills for the double leg, single leg takedowns, fireman's carries that those had during my particular era. When I competed, Jason Morris, Jimmy Pedro, Leo White, Ronda Rousey, those particular individuals. Like, Ronda Rousey knows how to defend the double leg. As, as, a, matter, as a matter of fact, that, that was one of the things that stopped her from winning the world championships, double legs and single legs. The game was different. And I'm, I, w- I would like to say that the level of athlete on the judo side can come over and make that type of impact. But the way that the rules have changed in judo, they they made a huge 
technical development gap, which would be difficult if today's judo player lined up against today's wrestler. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think I do. Uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the double leg rule was made so that you cannot grab the legs anymore in judo, which means you have a, you have a group the the Olympic the Olympic judo rules they and although they should not they kind of govern the direction of what's taught at the local and grassroots levels. So all those people that were teaching the katagaruma or the fireman's carries with the leg grabs and the single legs and double legs they just stopped teaching that so that their kids can go compete. Because if you grab the legs in judo now, it's an automatic disqualification. So now when you go when you go through these Olympic cycles, one, two, three, you're talking twelve years. That means the kid who was twelve is now twenty four, he has a black belt, he has no understanding of how to do the double leg or how to stop it. Uh, okay, so um all right. So let me let, let me circle back if I can for just a second. No, no problem. I'm here I'm here for you. So the talk, talk to me about Ronda Rousey's game. You mentioned how the double legs and single legs Gave her a little bit of problem. If you were from a technical standpoint, you know, break it down in a way that MMA fans can understand. Uh, what is the what was Rousey's style of judo play? Like, what was she good at? What was what, when she got on the mats? What was she known for? She's known for her tenacious grip fighting, her supreme understanding of distance. She's also known for her her flexibility her ability to get into small places and pull off throws that a lot of people can't pull off. Um, she's known for being a superb escape artist. I've never seen Ronda submit it, ever. Um, and just tenacious. Her, her, she is a superb grip fighter. She is a great strategist and tactician. Remember, at the, at the elite levels, um, Luke, it's not about who has a better technique. It's not, it's not about that anymore. Technique becomes negligible at that level because everybody at the high level has good technique. It's your ability to shut the other person's game down and to implement your particular strategy through the utilization of tactics. And that is where Rhonda is just, she's a supreme thinker inside of the cage. She can, she can process the information faster. It's like everybody's looking for this 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 huge technical thing. Well, yeah, there's a technical gap because she knows judo and she studied judo longer. But her ability to see things faster and to process them faster, it's 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 way beyond what any of the the, the other women in MMA at the 135 pound weight classes that they've ever seen. Uh, they can't process it that fast. And so is that is that part of the reason why she likes to compete like so quickly? It's because she can make these decisions on the fly where if you come from jujitsu, it can be, you know, a little bit more labored decision making. Uh, if you come from, you know, a certain style of striking, maybe you want to like feel people out. She seems to go from zero to 60. Exactly, because her making the match fast is better for her. Because for her, she understands how to organize the chaos a lot better. Like somebody would have to slow Rhonda down. And there, nobody slows anybody down at 135. Interesting. It's just not possible. It's not possible. 
Um, and the Nawaza part, why? I, I know she, uh, you know, her mother obviously uh, made it a big point of emphasis growing up. I think she even trained with some of the people in judo um, that made Nawaza an emphasis of, of training. Uh, even then, though, is she unique in that sense among judoka for her Nawaza, or is that a little bit more common than maybe we understand? Yeah, she's unique in that sense. Her her finishing rate on the ground was higher than other persons, definitely in her weight class. She was definitely known for um, finishing on the mat, for sure, as was one of her former instructors, Jimmy Pedro. Um, she had a the type of style. There, there are a lot of styles of judo, but one of the, the main styles that has come out of the 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 camp of of Jimmy Pedro uh, is a grip and grind style. That's what it is. You grip and you grind. You grip and you grind because it's going to be difficult to throw everybody at the at the elite level. That's why you look at world class matches in wrestling and judo, and they look boring in the finals of the Olympics if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, um, because it's very difficult to take down world class people or throw world class people. But you have to grip, stay in great position, and you have to grind them down on the ground and then finish. And Ronda was, without a doubt, one of the best in the world at it. Uh, so how, how would you rate her jujitsu? I mean, I know it's Nawaz, it's judo. But I mean, head-to-head -head in terms of submission grappling, how would you rate her along someone like Mackenzie Dern? Uh, is it comparable level of skill? Better. Really? Better? Why? Ronda's better. She has more hours of practice at it. I mean, like the De La Hiva guard is nothing new for people who who focus on Nawaza in terms of judo. Um, that, that that stuff has been around for a while. Um, Rhonda, I, you can't can't name drop, okay, because that's just not good when people are training. But she's man, she's been on the mat with several world champs and world medalists and bro not the same, man. It's, 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 it's like Flavio Canto on the men's side. Flavio Canto on the men's side in judo. His mat work is so good. I've been in training sessions with Flavio in Brazil with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champs. And it, I, I think these people get it. I, I, you know, unfortunately, we live, we, unfortunately, the viewpoint that people have of, of judo is based upon what they see at some of the the dojos in the United States. And the United States is not one of the top judo programs in the in the world, but our wrestling program is one of the top in the world. So you end up judging judo versus wrestling per what you see in the United States. But I, I'm going to tell you right now, I can walk in almost any world-class MMA facility Strap on some gloves, and I could probably I could press my way and make it through practice. You could not pay me money to step on the mat in France and do a training camp. You couldn't pay me any money to step on the step on the mat in Budapest, Hungary, and do a training camp. No, sir, I will not, because I know it's going to happen. I know I'm going to be in the hospital. 